everybody. Grab your Bible and a pencil and your journal and maybe even a cup of coffee and join in on our conversation. But first, I would like for you to write this down. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. Therefore, let us leave the elementary teaching about Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works, faith in God. Hey everyone, welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara. I am Dot's daughter, and we sit down together every week and we talk through truth and scripture. And we are diving into Hebrews in this episode, and we will talk about Hebrews again next week because there's just so much. And we touched a little bit on Titus um, in the beginning of this episode, but we do spend majority of the time talking about Hebrews and Gosh, how do I even summarize it? We go into Jesus is our high priest. We talk about the audience of Hebrews, the writer of Hebrew, and I mean, really just how Jesus is a better hope and how he he is worth it. And that was a lot of what the audience in the book of Hebrews was asking is, is this worth it? Is this persecution is are these hard times? Is this worth it? So we are really glad that you're here. We would love for you to pull up a chair and listen in. Kara. Uh, hey, I'm still laughing. Um, you are laughing because, <laughs> because I didn't say the word in Hebrews 6, 1, oh, for y'all that's joining in on the conversation. Uh, when I was reading the Bible verse, I guess I said mater- maternity instead of maturity. Yeah, you kept saying maternity instead of maturity. Uh, we should do just, some of these outtakes. You know how you do those outtakes and stuff? Yeah, I actually was going to tell Kyle one. to do that. So No, we're not going to do that. Yeah, I think it'd be funny. Uh, we're well, hilarious. Well, okay, I guess. <laughs> or we're just crazy. But anyway, but I will have to say this. You know, we talked about Timothy and how much we love Timothy and how that Paul loved Timothy and how much we love Paul, too. But anyway, Timothy was uh, one of his little children of the faith, and he had trained him. Well, Titus, right after that, is also one of yes. Paul's uh, protégés and yeah. disciples. Mm-hmm. And, For some uh, reason, Titus doesn't get to me quite like Timothy does, which, as we know from last week, it, I love yeah, me some love Second Timothy, Timothy. But but you know, I, I, I thought about that. It's funny you say that, because I did think about that. I thought, you know, very few people uh, really say a whole lot about uh, Titus, but you know, Titus really has a lot in there. Uh, it's a short, you know, short little letter, but it's a, a great one about leadership and how mm-hmm. to treat people and how to, you know, the younger people should learn from the older people, which would mm-hmm. be me, and how that, you know, the older man should teach the younger men and the older women. And you know, it's really funny because the other day I was with this girl that is a woman that's my age, and you know, I don't hang around with a lot of women my age. But I do love this this woman, and she's real sweet, but she's about my age, and she's got grandchildren and stuff. Anyway, we were just talking about uh, women our age. Pretty much is like, you know, when it comes to really investing in people or uh, working in the church or teaching or anything, they just like, you know, I've done that. And they just kind of, you know, move on, which is kind of sad because as I, as we were talking about, you know, what better lesson than experience? And the older and the more life you do. You do you think that people your age just think that 
younger people don't want to hear, like don't like, or that they like don't have anything to share, like kind of like, oh, they don't want to hear from me or they don't want to hear what I have to say? Or do you think it's more of we, I'm going to say we as in the younger generation, do you think the younger generation just thinks that the older people don't know what they're talking about? Or is it both? I don't think either one of those things. I oh. really don't. Here's what I think. I think we sometimes think that the younger people do not want to hear from us, but they do. And I mean, I do. know that. Yeah. I know you do. And then my grandkids, I mean, they're in college and some are in high school and I'm, they're asking me questions all the time. So I do think that being in a, in a, a group that is, you know, in different stages of life are so healthy, so good. And Addie, you know, my daughter-in-law, you know, she said one of her best uh, small groups was when they had different mm-hmm. people that were different stages. Mm-hmm. Um, what I think is not that they they think, oh, they don't want to hear from us. It, that would be a very, it would they would act like that was very humble, but it's actually very prideful. <laughs> you know, oh, they don't want to hear from me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I really think women in my age that they kind of struggle with, I'm not going to do this anymore. I think they're just tired and weary. I think that they have done so much, you know, ministry or mm-hmm. worked really hard in the church, and they're just, you know, kind of burned out. They just yeah. didn't really keep the why nearby and why that they're doing it. And, and I was laughing. I said, you know, when I wake up and see Jesus face to face, that'll be when I would want to stop teaching. And not until then. Now, of course, if health or whatever reason. I do think that you're on the rare. Yeah, you're not, you're on the rare well, side I of I am that. not normal. I am on the That's rare. True. But I feel well done. Trust me. But I do believe that God has really and taught, even with what Paul was saying, you know, through Titus, is that remind the, the older men and the older women to teach the younger. Mm-hmm. I think it's very, very important as things. You know, and I was saying just the other day at lunch when I was with this lady, this friend of mine, I just said, you know, what better way to really, you know, learn from people that have lived it? I mean, it's right. just one thing to know it, what something says in, in a book, but when someone's lived it and actually have applied it, then yeah. that's, you know, that's a that's, I mean, that's something thing. I look for, you know, I've gone through my fair share of counselors in Nashville. Yes, and every time, <laughs> every time I go to a new one, that's always my first thing is I want someone older than me because there there's a lot of counselors in mm-hmm. Nashville who are like 20s and 30s, which obviously is, I mean, that's how yeah. you get experience. There's nothing wrong with that or against that. But just saying, you know, me being in my late 30s, I don't really want to like, I don't really want mm-hmm. someone who's younger than me. You know, mm-hmm. again, not that they wouldn't have anything insightful or great or anything like that, but well, I just... Well, there's a difference between head knowledge and... Um, experience, life yeah. knowledge. I just, yeah, it's like just my preference that, and I mean, my, my, it's more of like a Bible study than I would say a small group, but I wouldn't say there's the biggest range of age necessarily, but it's, mm-hmm. a, it's the biggest range of spiritual age. Mm-hmm. If in sense of too. there's, you know, people who don't mm-hmm. believe in Jesus or people who are like, kind of like, newer in the faith, mm-hmm. but or people who've walked, you know, for a long time, which I, I love that as well, because it's mm-hmm. maybe not, it's not age in terms of, you know, how old we are, but, um, spiritual maturity, yeah, which, spiritual. Is, by the way, 
what I was reading about uh, in Hebrews, which is talking about, he was encouraging, he's like, why are you, you know, still, you know, in this elementary type of mm-hmm. uh, teaching about Christ? Why haven't you, you know, moved on? And then you'll we'll see later on, he talks about, it's like, you know, you should be teaching. You should be in a position where you should be, you know, leading and whoever the writer is in Hebrews, and we'll talk about that, you know, they were just really kind of, you know, making the point of you should be more mature in your faith than where you are. And then when you are mature in your faith, you should be pouring out into the lives of other people. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, as I said the other day when I was with this woman, I said, you know, do you ever want to be around someone that's never had a problem? Do you ever want to ask somebody to for some advice that's never had any issues. I mean, no. You know, you want someone that has, you know, been through Mm -hmm. it. And I say, you know, you've heard me say this so many times, but, you know, if I'm in the uh, pool, which chances that I'm going to be in a swimming pool is very slim because I'd have to put on a bathing suit. But Mm -hmm. Oh, and you'd have to learn how to swim. Well, that's what I'm saying. But if I'm in the (laughs) pool going down for the third time because I don't know how to swim— I don't want my small group jumping in in the pool with me and saying, well, I'm going to pray for you. Right. What I want is someone that is an Olympic swimmer jumping in, pulling me over that knows how to swim, mm-hmm. get me to the side. Then I want my little small group to come right. around and and pray for me. So I think that that's kind of you know, where we are today is that we sometimes tend to you know, group in our small groups or our people that we're doing life with, of course, you know, in the same stages of life. So because that there is some value in that because they understand what you're going through. Right. But on the other hand, I want someone that's gone through that and has taught me and has yeah. learned that, you know, what God's taught them. But you're right. I, uh, I thought it's a great point. Good point, Kara, that you brought Thank out. You. Thank you. That there's a difference between just being owed and experiencing life Versus being spiritually mature, which Mm -hmm. is learning and knowing things about the Bible and knowing things about walking with God versus actually knowing it and walking Mm -hmm. with God. But as someone who I am on the more mature side of my faith, I learn a lot from people who are, for lack of a better word, infants in their faith or maybe Mm -hmm. not even— Because they're very excited over it. Well, Mm -hmm. no, or even people who are exploring— the faith, you know, like, do they mm-hmm. even believe that? You know, because that was one question even last night. One girl was like, why do you, like, why do you believe this? And mm-hmm. I think, I feel like that's such a great question, you know, because, like, why do we believe this? I mean, I had an answer, mm-hmm. but anyway, so yeah, I think it's for someone who, I think it's both and, and I, I think Paul does talk mm-hmm. about that at um, at some point in one of his letters, but just that how, you know, we can learn from younger people as well. Like it's not, um, because I do think that, you know, like, I feel like sometimes, I I mean, I'm not married obviously, but I feel like for someone who's been married for 40 years, maybe it's, you know, kind of exciting to see someone who's a newlywed of like, Oh, remember, Mm -hmm. like, remember that? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, asking questions that maybe you, you kind of forget like the why, you know, or forget like, Oh, like the basic or the fundamentals, Mm -hmm. you know? Well, it's kind of like so often, you know, we don't look how far we've come because we're so concentrated on where we are. And 
I think when we're around people that are new believers and they're you know just beginning in their faith and their journey with the Lord, that is a reminder. Oh, I remember that. So it's kind of also a reminder mm-hmm. how far and where along God has got you know got mm-hmm. you in, in the journey. I will have to say there are some things that I today. You know, we'll say to the Lord, I thought I learned that. You know, right. Am I really having to struggle with this again? You know, and it's like, well, you did kind of learn it, but now we're going to learn it on a d- different level. So, and I think that that's part of a spiritual journey, and I think it's part of spiritual maturity. And, and you know, uh, as we get into in Hebrews, and I think we're going to do a couple. Um, yeah, we can't do Hebrews in one, in one thing. One. There's so much in Hebrews. I don't even know what to say. It's so much. Well, there you go. Let's just close in prayer. It's just too much to talk about. <laughs> but I, I just think that it, there is a lot. But you know, here's I, I, was, I was thinking about this when I knew we were going to talk about Hebrews. I was in a seminary class, and we were in the New Testament. And of course, we get to Hebrews, and I remember thinking, "Oh, I was had just finished teaching Hebrews." And I was in this class, and this professor, and I was sitting there thinking, oh, oh, yeah, I love Hebrews. I've taught it, you know, and I, you know, that kind of stuff. And of course, you know, part of my, um, the race book is Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. And of course, I did a, a great research and extensive um, learning about Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. But anyway, so I was, I was sitting there, and this professor uh, says, you know, talking about Hebrews, and he says, Hebrews is one of the most difficult. Uh, books of the Bible to understand. And I'm thinking, well, I thought I I knew it. it. (laughs) So I guess I didn't. And I started thinking, I I wonder if I've taught it wrong. I mean, I was Mm -hmm. like, oh my. One thing that um, I, because I took one of the many seminary classes that I've taken over the many years mm -hmm. that I've been in seminary, Mm -hmm. because I have Mm -hmm. turned a two-year degree into a 10-year degree. Yes. (laughs) But... And you're still not a doctor. Nope. But anyway, as I remember, I don't know the exact class, but basically learning that if you were to talk to a Jew, not a Messianic Jew, but a Jew, that mm-hmm. Hebrews is the book that you would turn to. Like if you were— Oh, you'd want to use as a— You would want to use Hebrews, tool. yes. And I had to write, mm-hmm. you know, a, basically a research paper on that. I couldn't tell you what I—I I do remember I did well on that paper, but I couldn't tell you what I said. But I thought that was really interesting. I didn't know that because Hebrews does talk a lot— to the Jewish audience in particular of, because talk, they talk a lot about Isaiah, right? Mm-hmm. And, cause, and I say they because we don't know who wrote Hebrews, which I think is also fascinating that we don't mm-hmm. know who wrote Hebrews. But. but we do know, like you're saying, they knew, whoever wrote Hebrews knew their audience, because, and they must have been very close to whoever they were writing to because they called them brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, that I, there was there was definitely a relationship with them, right? And that's but why that it's called is, Hebrews, which I didn't realize, right? Well, that, that's true. Yeah, I mean, isn't that right? Yes, to the Hebrew, yeah, it's right. It's Jewish like very people. specific, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I think again, it's fascinating again, little tidbit, which makes sense. Yep, when it's called Hebrews, you might want to mm-hmm. think it might be a little bit more but about even, Jewish people. Yeah, and I like even thinking. So looking at like chapter three, that's what I have open because mm-hmm. of what you read, it's like on that same. It's on the same opening. But how it's saying Jesus is greater than Moses. And I know, you know, mm-hmm. back when we talked about Moses, I do love me some Moses. Mm-hmm. But you really Je- are but, into the, into the, I'm, I'm really, 
really happy that you love godly men. I mean, they're dead, but you love godly men. I'm just well, yeah, that's that the goal. That's why I'm not my, married that, because mm-hmm, that's right. I don't. I think one. they're all dead. Where is there a Moses? <laughs> <laughs> but they're dead. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, anyway, I know, but, um, but I do like the fact that you like godly men. I will have to say that. Anyway, but. Yes, but but they say, but anyway, in Hebrews 3, he's talking about how Jesus is greater than Moses because the Jewish people really, oh, because revered. Moses, mm-hmm. yeah, which he Moses did a lot. He, we know what Moses did, oh, you know, from oh. the Exodus to how closely he walked with God. And and so I think I that's mean, God like interesting. Him. They were so close that God was the, right. the um, so, one that buried him. I think, I don't know, I think knowing things like that of, I don't know, it brings like why would this why would this writer even talk about Jesus being greater than Moses? That like you know mm-hmm. what I mean? For us that might seem a little random and kinda like, okay, yeah, we we know. But mm-hmm. for that for the audience, for Jewish not just Hebrews, mm-hmm. but I would imagine Jews today, you know, Moses is very revered. Um well, and, and like yes, he's should be I mean, yes, have respect for Moses, but yeah, it's like, no, if you think Moses is great, Jesus Mm-hmm. Is well, better, you know, it, or more? That's right. I don't know. Whatever. There's worthy. one. Uh, there's one verse that talks about Abraham. You know, when Jesus was, you know, talking to the people, we're Abraham's. You know, we uh, are of Abraham's seed. We're and you know, Jesus says, you know, I can, you know, don't brag. I think it's actually. I think it's Paul who says, you know, don't brag that you're from the, you know, tribe or you're part of Abraham's. Lineage, because he's saying, God can call anybody. God, you know, that's nobody. Mm-hmm. Like that's nothing. Um, right. For the fact that that you, but they did take that as a, as a prideful thing, or either I'm following uh, Moses, or I'm following. I'm I'm in. Yeah, I'm like Abraham. Like I'm Abraham's yeah. our father kind right. of thing. And when Jesus was trying to call, God yeah, like father. how the author of Hebrews talks about Jesus being the great high priest. There's a lot of mm-hmm. priest talk in Hebrews as well because of that, because of mm-hmm. the Torah being, you know, the the priest and the holy of holies. and Well, the, the entire book, the, the writer of Hebrews, that's why it's so hard to read. You have to know your Old Testament. It wouldn't make any sense. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, and that's a good. So, well, and that's a good point of even that because I re- do remember one of the first years when we read through the whole Bible together. I really saw for the first time what it really meant when Jesus is referred to as the great high priest. Mm-hmm. Like I, I knew that, but when I read through the Old Testament and saw that, like the priest is who. Like the prophets were the mouthpiece of God in the Old Testament, but the priest is who would go into the presence mm-hmm. of God mm-hmm. on behalf of the holies people. Of mm-hmm. Yeah, like they would go into the holies of holies on behalf of the people, and they couldn't go in just on their own. Like they had to be, there are certain times they could go in if they, I mean, we see in the Old Testament, if a priest goes in basically when they weren't supposed to, like they die on the spot. Mm-hmm. So it was a very serious job, for lack of a better word, or appointing or whatever, mm-hmm. and really seeing like, oh, like when Jesus is referred to as the great high priest, it's saying he's done that for us. Like he, mm-hmm. he is our great priest. Like he goes on behalf of us. You know, he is interceding for us. He is. Well, he, he does do that, it, it, which is ironic because a prophet was never known as a high priest. And a high priest wasn't known as a prophet. Right. Jesus was known as both. And which is, you know, very I never thought about you know, that. unusual. Yeah. But 
you know, the writer of Hebrews is talking to these Jewish people, and he does talk about the tabernacle. He talks about the tent of meetings. He talks mm-hmm. about priesthood. He talks about sacrificial, you know, giving of the lamb, the sacrifices, and all of these kind of things, because he's telling the his audience, the Jewish people, that Jesus is the Messiah, and he mm-hmm. has to meet them where they are. And he talks about about this offering the lamb for sacrifice of sin. And he says mm-hmm. Jesus is the greatest sacrifice and that he died or he you know, gave his life for uh, covering for our sins one time mm-hmm. where with a lamb and with a Passover and with atonement, days of atonement and stuff like that, that was every year where he points out, no, there is only one perfect lamb and he was slain and there's mm-hmm. only one one time. So right. anyway, he is what he's doing is he's meeting and he's his whole goal is to uh bring those people to the awareness based on what they knew and based on the knowledge of what they knew with the Old Testament, how Jesus met the requirements for what right. they thought he's the Messiah ba- yeah, was. Yeah, they're basically be. proving that he's the Messiah based he's, yeah, he's based the on Messiah. the Torah, based on all the prophecies mm-hmm. and all of the and that's the thing that, you know, we there I don't there's no way that modern day Christian can really wrap our minds around this, I don't think, especially in Western culture. But like in chapter four and five, when it's when they're talking about Jesus being the great high priest, and it says, you know, like since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Mm-hmm. And then it goes on to say, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace and find grace to help in time of need. And mm-hmm. that would have been mind blowing for the audience that this writer was mm-hmm. talking to because. Even just the idea that they could enter into the presence of God was like, I don't even know what, we can't even compare it to anything, I don't think. Like, well, you I don't know, even, remember, you were saying that they were so, they so revered Moses. And do you remember Moses would go in and go in and talk to God? Remember, his face would mm-hmm, shine up. And then, right. Well, they would get to the, they remember uh, when they were going through the wilderness, and God was going to speak to him, and and the people said, "No, no, we don't want God. Yeah, like to they speak don't. To us. Moses, we want you to go and talk. Right. And so, for you know, like you're saying in in Hebrews four, where it says to draw near with confidence and the throne of grace to God. You're right. They were like, "What are you?" It was talking like so about? radical to even think about. Mm-hmm. And I think it also shows just the like we. I think it's important for us to remember how much of a miracle that is. You know, the fact mm-hmm. that we can well, approach what a the gift throne. it is. Yeah, and a miracle we can pray. and gift yes. and all the above. And we take it so for granted. I mean, I'm speaking, you know, preaching to the choir over here. Like, the fact that we can. And I think, like, even last night we were talking about this, and it's funny that you mentioned Jesus being a prophet is one of the girls who is, you know, doesn't know what she thinks about faith. She's not a believer, but she asked such a great question when she said, basically, is how Jesus is a prophet. Because she was like, I'm mm-hmm. confused. Like, they're prophets, but Je- they're referring to Jesus mm-hmm. as a prophet. It was in a, I don't remember where we were reading. I think it was in Luke. 
And basically saying, you know, I was like, well, yeah, a prophet in the Old Testament was a mouthpiece of God. Like they, they spoke, you know, like God told them what to say to the mm-hmm. people. That's how they knew like, hey, you shouldn't do this, should do this. This is what's going to happen because, you know, you, you know, they were just the mouthpiece of God and Jesus coming like he is like capital P prophet. And we don't need that anymore because of what Jesus did on the cross and resurrection. You know, like that veil was torn, like he is the ultimate prophet because he not only was the mouthpiece of God, but he is God. Mm -hmm. And how we don't need prophets in the same way anymore because of the Holy Spirit within us. And like, like that alone is such, I mean, we, I don't know, it's just like a crazy. Well, the prophet, you know, back in the Old Testament was, yes, God would speak to them. And there was always a guideline for a prophet. A prophet, number one, would only say the things that God would tell them. It would right. never be an opinion. And then, number two, whatever the prophet said had to come true. If the prophet, if it didn't come true, it was considered false prophecy. Right. And, um, and so one of the things, though, that with Jesus, what he was saying and talking— what he said and what he said mm-hmm. was going to happen. You know, three days I'm going right, you know, to die, I'm going to raise right. again. Everything came true. But I think, you know, a lot of people thought that he was a prophet, even the and, and the people, the Jewish people today think Jesus right. was a prophet. And it's like, well, technically he is, but also he came to fulfill the prophecy as well, well he, as, yes. yeah, being he, yeah. So anyway, not to get into well, all that. Get off I, of that, but I will just say that, there's a difference in thinking he's a prophet versus he's the Messiah, which is what the the writer of Hebrews yes. is, is making a point. Right. And um, but what I wanted to say, ironically, even though you're right, I mean, like he's talking to the Jewish people and he's telling them, and and their language, he's using the Old Testament to prove that Jesus is the Messiah. Mm-hmm. But also the message in, in Hebrews is that they were being persecuted, and the, they wanted to know, is it worth it? Is this b- persecution being worth it? Wait, hold and, on. So okay. the writer, the writer's talking to the Jewish audience, obviously, like we've established that. Mm-hmm. But, they're all, but they are for sure believers. They're believers, and he calls them brothers and sisters. And okay, cry, so know, why nothing. is he, is he just like affirming like, so he's not trying to prove He's not trying to convince them. He's not trying to convince them. He's reminding them. He's just like assuring like, hey, remember he's greater than Moses. Remember Mm -hmm. he is the great priest. Okay, got it. Sorry, I had to. Because they were facing extreme persecution, and you'll see Mm -hmm. this as you get on into, into Hebrews. And so he's trying to tell them that their hope and everything that they believed in, it was worth it, that Jesus was worth all this persecution because he is the fulfillment of everything they were always mm. waited and wanted him to to do to be and so you know that's why you know he talks about the Levitical priesthood and stuff like that that you know you know about that but Jesus is the high priest and he now goes into into the presence of God, and He intercedes for us, like the pre- priest, the high priest would do for the people, Jewish people. So I have two things. One, okay. I love Hebrews seven nineteen, and it says, "For the law made nothing perfect, but on the other hand, a better hope is introduced mm-hmm. through which we draw near to God." I love that. A better hope 
is introduced mm-hmm. through which we draw near to God. I love that. But also my question in that, who is this Melchizedek? Melchizedek. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> he came to Abraham, and Abraham... He's a king. ...met yeah. him, and, and no, but he also was a priest and high priest, and Abraham wanted to give a tenth and did give a tenth of everything he tithed to Melchizedek. Melchizedek? Melchizedek. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. And he was a priest of the Most High. And it says in there in chapter 7, it says, And blessed him, and as he returned, defeating the kings, Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. And in his name means king of righteousness. So, Mm. of course, we don't know this, but Bible scholars believe that this was Jesus in the Old Testament appearing to Abraham because he is, okay, he is, Jesus is called the king of righteousness. You're saying that Abraham wanted to give him a tithe. You're saying that this Melchizedek Melchizedek. Mm -hmm. is some scholars think that that is Jesus. Yes. Well, not reincarnate. Like, that's not a thing. But like, like it was, like he was in disguise? That he came down, Jesus came down, because we know Jesus was way before the the foundation of the world, before time. He was up in... And that this is Jesus appearing to Abraham. Because... As this king. Yes, because... As you know, his name is called King of Righteousness. Salem, because he's from Salem, means peace. He's the king of peace. Also, Abraham gives him a tithe. And, uh, but what does that have to do with Abraham anything? would not have given a tithe to anyone that was... we gave, They gave God the tithe. They gave everything to oh. God. And so the fact that he gave him a tenth of, you know, it was a, a percentage, it was yeah. a tithe... And like Melchizedek, this is he was also a priest and a king. And remember I said only there weren't you were either a priest or you were a king, but you weren't a priest and a king. He said a prophet, and, but same thing. And a prophet, a, but a king. But it's yeah. all the same. They're a prophet and a priest and a king were all yes. You, yes. Yeah. And that was unheard of. Right. That was unheard of in the Jewish people. And so when he brings up about Melchizedek and and, and when he's compared, Jesus God is, is com- yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's wild. But he's God is bigger than this king Melchizedek, which right. they knew about because of Abraham. And um, well, he's and they bigger and then be- look at verse three. I mean, verse three in chapter seven it says he is without father, mother, or genealogy. Neither had a beginning of days nor an end of life. Okay, hold on a second. Let me back this thing up because I've never known or heard this. In all my days. So was it that this king existed, but then, but Jesus just appeared to Abraham like that he was basically posing as this other king, or this king didn't, like this king only existed for this one moment between him and Abraham? Well, as far as we know, that's the only thing that we, other than Hebrews, uh, do we see. So that, he wasn't a king, uh, like he didn't rule. Salem. This is the king of Salem priest. Like, yeah, right. No, he wasn't like a king. A, okay, yeah, that's what I was like trying to. But he was mm-hmm. just this king that came to Moses and all. And so I guess Moses knew that he was God. 
Moses, no. I mean, sorry, Abraham. Abraham. Abraham, did Abraham know that he was God? Because he gave him the tenth. Or he gave him the tenth and stuff, but... But I mean, we don't know because we're not talking. Well, we I know, not but I'm saying is that Abraham. Right? But yes, there's all these clues that, that, is wild. that are talking about him that would have only ever been said of God. And I so, this is the thing that like, and we've said this, but I have read this dang thing front to back eight times or more, mm-hmm. and I have never. If you asked me an hour ago. Do you have you ever heard of the name Michelle's Michelle's Chesedek? I would say I've never heard. What do you like? What I don't even know what you're saying. Like I've ne- I don't even remember this name in Hebrews or in the <laughs> Old Testament. And I just feel like my I just learned that it was Jesus in the Old Testament. I mean, scholars think I'm not saying that we don't know mm-hmm. this for sure. And that's just blowing my mind. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I know, and it's it is amazing. I know it, but go back to putting it in the context of where this is that the writer of Hebrews they were is saying, yeah, they knew, but what his purpose is number one, it is worth it because Jesus is God. So as you're being per, uh, persecuted for your faith, remember your faith is in Jesus and He's God, and so they, you know, reverent, you know, they revered. Uh, Moses and they revered Abraham um, and they revered angels and they would mm-hmm. begin to worship all that. And so his point is that Jesus is even better than Meshazadeh because mm-hmm. he and, came down as a as an uh, you know mm-hmm. I, again. Yeah, it's like the it's like the angels who yeah like the angels who posed as men you know and came to Abraham and told them you know he was going to have to get a lot to get. Yeah, like all the things. It's, yeah, like that's how I'm envisioning it. Yeah, it's like Jesus came to, and like, I don't mean pose, like, but it's like, yeah, it's like he had this, he didn't look like Jesus. It was, I don't know. But the whole point is what this writer is saying, hang in there. Yes. Like, don't give up because Jesus really is. He's better. And he's using what they thought that that, because if they were going to slip back into something, they wouldn't slip back into you know, another cult, they mm-hmm. would slip back into being really dedicated mm-hmm. Jewish people. Well, and it says, and even in chapter seven, which is, I don't know how even we got there, but basically like we can't achieve perfection through the law or mm-hmm. it says like through Levitical priesthood because, you know, Moses right. was a Levi. So they, like you said at the earlier, you know, they really revered whatever tribe that they were from, especially Levites. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, just saying that, like, well, we can't achieve all this. And I do love, it goes back to, like, it's a better hope. Like, even mm-hmm. though Moses was great and this Meshezedek and Abraham and all the, like, they're great, but Jesus is better. Jesus is a better hope. He is worth it. Mm-hmm. We can draw near to God. Like, this is, like, you thought it was good before. Mm-hmm. It's it's still, it's just as good or better than you thought. It's, so it's better because it's worth we the persecution. Yeah. But, yeah, but here's the deal, and we, we touched on this a little bit. This, to me, is huge. And, you know, this is so close to my heart. But, you know, prayer just gets a really bad rap. And very few people really see the need to pray. And we're going to talk about that next week. I want to talk mm. about that next week. Can't wait. But what we're talking about is this, is that we don't need someone to enter into the presence of God for us. And 
try to make us right with God or offer something to God on our behalf for our sins because that's what Jesus did. And because Jesus has done that and it's done and it's finished, now because of what Jesus has done that has you know, died for our sins, now we can enter into the presence of a holy God. So not only do we have Jesus as the high priest that went into the to into God to make things right for mm-hmm. his children. When he can sympathize with us. us. Mm-hmm. And he can sympathize with us, but he is the one that went in and intercedes for us. He's the one that, you know, went in into the holies of holies. We were talking about just the other day about the... Um, you know, the curtain being torn and to mm-hmm. remember you were talking about that yeah. the other day and how that that was, you know, Jesus entering into the holies of holies for the last time and tearing down the barriers. We right, get to go into the presence of God. Right. And that's why I bring up the fact that Jesus was a prophet and or mm-hmm. the, the number one, like the prophet because he is the Messiah and he is our great priest because, yeah, he did that so that we can enter into his presence. Like we can draw near mm-hmm. to God, which was outlandish for the Jewish audience. And yeah, we just, it's just hard for, it's hard for us to really under, you know, really get mm-hmm. that. But and, and, and to a Jewish person, you can imagine here, you know, they really put the high priest, you know, on a, whole different level. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, I could see how that could have been offensive for, you know, that because it, because of how much reverence they, you know, put toward with yeah, like, saw, you know, rightfully so. Yeah, it's like I can I I mean, I get it, but they're right up there with God. They're the who's who of, you know, up mm-hmm. there with God. And so and here's this writer, he says, "Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. There again, encourage them. Don't give up. Don't give up. Yeah. Keep moving forward. Oh, yeah, that's forward. what I read grow. earlier. Yeah. Yeah, grow in your faith. Grow into maturity. And it says um, that we have a high priest, you know, as you were saying, that was sympathized with our weakness, but in that Jesus had been tempted, but he didn't sin. But it says because of the fact that Jesus is perfect, because of the fact that Jesus is our high priest, let us, now we can approach the throne of grace with boldness and receive mercy and grace. And I think, to me, when I think about praying, you know, I give God so many great suggestions that He doesn't take a lot of them. But when you think about, well, why should I pray? Because you're thinking only of getting something from God. But if you really think about it, and I really want to really continue this next week, because why do you pray? But, you know, When you think about, we get to enter into the presence of a holy God, and we would not find that important, you know. And I think that that are necessary. And so I think that for me, that's just one of those things. Well, I don't think people. Yeah, we talk about this. We'll talk about this next week because I don't think that's why people feel like. I think it's more of like, what good is it going to do? He's going to do what he wants to do anyway. They do that. They do have that. But I will have to say this. But if you had the mindset. I am in the presence of Almighty God. I think that would make prayer a little bit more important and on a different level. And I love that. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, dotbowen.com. 
Subscribe, like, and share with your friends. And we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen. 